0: Each Sunday, we sing together and say together that we offer God praise and thanksgiving. As celebrant, one of us prays it out loud, too, on behalf of everybody gathered. I want to sit a while this morning with the ideas of praise and thanksgiving. And You probably noticed over the last almost two years that I've been with you, that I don't say Thanksgiving, like the holiday, but I always say Thanksgiving, which sounds a little bit awkward to our ears, but to me it emphasizes what we're offering, what we're giving, rather than the action of giving itself. We give thanks. We are offering up praise. We're stating our gratitude out loud, lifting up our voices in compliments and truth-telling words of honor. Sometimes this feels like another thing to check off the list, another sticker to put on the Religious Righteousness Achievement booklet that we all keep at home in our desk drawers, or at least the list that we might imagine is up in some cosmic teller sheet in the sky. Offer our praise. Check. Give our thanks. Check. Wear our Sunday best and make it to the pew on time. Check. Check. This is good and it's important. And I'm not just saying that because it's my job to do so. I really do believe that showing up is most of the battle. And that really voting with our feet and our bodies, putting ourselves in the pew, marching our feet to God's house, matters and makes changes happen in our lives and in our hearts, in our relationships, and in our souls. But in a way, going to church is the easy part, isn't it? It's the hours from noon on a Sunday afternoon until the next Sunday morning at 8 a.m., the whole rest of the week that's more complicated to figure out. How do you know when you've done enough? How many times per day should I be praying? How do I really measure up against the good Christians? What do I do with those uncomfortable moments in the car at a stoplight when someone reaches out their hand for change? Do I need to volunteer at a homeless shelter or a poor school once a week? Is my duty discharged if I tithe my 10%? I want to be grateful. I want to be in tune with God. I want to be a good Christian, and I want to teach my children how to be good Christians, too. How do I do all of that? Sometimes I get overwhelmed by all the voices and questions and expectations and hope and inspiration and dreams that I have for this great Christian life. And then I get anxious and either burn myself out or my anxiety goes underground and I do nothing at all. I don't use the energy and potential that I felt in order to let real transformation happen, to take hold. So I want to look again at the story in Acts today to see how God weaves himself into the lives of Philip the Apostle and the Ethiopian eunuch. let's go. So the passage opens with Philip being struck with a strong desire to go take a walk on a wilderness road. Maybe he heard a voice or maybe it just looks like a very fine day. God often works with what we've already, what's already happening in us or in our lives. Sometimes he does shout like a bolt of lightning la Paul's conversion in the very next chapter of the same book, Acts. But I find that God is more subtle to start with and uses what he can from our own lives to form our stories into his will. So whether an angel appeared and tapped Philip on the shoulder or whether he just saw his walking stick by the door and the thought popped into his head, Philip walked himself out on the wilderness road from Jerusalem to Gaza. I suspect he did not have in mind that he was going to be leading someone to Jesus that day, giving a whole witness and testimony. I'll bet he didn't expect that he was going to be baptizing someone before sundown. I mean, if you were going to give a witness, you'd go to a city, wouldn't you? He wasn't headed somewhere that seemed like it was going to be ripe with eager converts. That's what I mean to show here. Sometimes we're led somewhere very normal, very unimpressive, but a surprise might be lurking there. And when he was walking along, he felt another nudge, whether it was an audible voice or just a whim that bubbled up. Who knows? He ran up to a passing chariot and struck up a conversation. Hey! Have you got a good book there? I love that Philip was not knocking on doors and handing out tracts. Though that might be the calling of some people, this introvert finds that sort of evangelism enough to make me want to hide in bed. Philip, for his part, was just striking up a conversation, which just as easily could have been about what he'd been up to that week big, just my best friend rising from the dead. Or perhaps it was about the trip that he was planning that summer. I'm planning on going on a walking tour of uh, Greece and Syria. I'm a missionary, you see. And from this friendly inquiry, the door is opened wide for God to step into the Ethiopian's heart through the vessel of his servant, Philip. Philip lets a conversation develop when one crosses his path. And I think he does one other important thing too. Look at how he starts. He sees the eunuch is reading Isaiah. Now that's a heady prophet. And he asks, what do you think of what you're reading? Do you understand it? Look at how Philip continues. They read it together, squished there in the chariot next to one another, bent over this scroll they companions on the journey, one might say. And then look at how Philip ends. The eunuch has asked questions. Philip has told him what he knows, only what he's seen and learned himself. Philip speaks out of his experience, his perspective, letting the power of God's living word do the heavy lifting. Throughout this story, Philip stays with the conversation's moments. He sticks next to the eunuch. When the Ethiopian asks a question about the scripture, Philip takes a moment, nods his head, draws a deep breath, somewhat like your co-vicar does whenever he's asked a question, and then invites the eunuch into dialogue. The Ethiopian had read God's Written word. He had it in his hands. The language that communicates facts and revelation, the language of prayer and of faith. But the Ethiopian and each convert then and today needs to the living word of God's presence to ignite their hearts with the desire for the saving water of baptism and the nourishing food of Holy Communion. Knowing what to say at the right time can be a big obstacle in connecting with people. So I wonder what might happen if we took our expectations down a few notches. Instead of thinking that we've got to go up and invite our co-worker or neighbor to church, Maybe we just ask them how how they're doing, and when we ask, we mean it. We don't look away or rush through the moment or only half listen to the response while making to-do lists in our heads. What would it look like to listen, really listen, to someone when we ask a caring question? To give them all the attention that we've got. To look closely for a sparkle of God in their eyes. To pay attention and see if we might catch a whiff of Jesus in the air. Or a sense of God's presence in our bones. Our only work on this earth is to recognize and lift up, to praise and give thanks for God's presence and work in our lives. It's the only thing that we have to do. It might sometimes look like changing a dirty diaper because of God's presence in an infant or even in an elderly parent. It might sometimes look like telling someone the truth about their behavior or habits. Because God's presence sits in the midst of sin, too. It might sometimes look like silence, even silence by ourselves, because Jesus often went to a lonely place to pray. Our praise and thanksgiving might look like standing and singing on Sunday mornings at 8 or 10 a.m. But on Monday morning at 6 a.m., praising God might be using the body that he's given us to go for a run before work. Or at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday, it might look like easing your aching body into a bath to honor the good work that your body has done for decades. My challenge to you this morning is to praise and give thanks to God with your body and your voice every single day this week. Being awake to how Jesus weaves himself into your everyday and having the courage and compassion to share Jesus with the world. Amen. Yeah.